I do not rehearse my meditations or my podcasts. In fact, when I do my astrological, intuitive, psychic, psychological coaching sessions and readings, I don't even look at the chart much longer than five minutes before I talk to the person because all of this comes from source. Universal source, universal mind, unified field. At every pl- planet, everything on the earth, and everything inside of us is guided by. For example, the stars don't have to be told to shine. The planets aren't organized to spin or move. The trees are not advised to grow or told how fast they should. And oak trees are not told to become oak trees. And daisies are not instructed to become daisies. They just are. They, it just is. It's a universal, unified energy field. It is a law. Of nature. We are going to talk about the empathic child. Do you have an empathic child? Possibly you were an empathic child at one point. And what I mean by this is that there is a sensitivity about you. There is an unrest, a moodiness, uncomfortable, don't quite fit in. I'm not sure why I cry. Why do I get mad? Why do I get frustrated for no reason at all? How come I walk into a grocery store and all of a sudden I become full of anxiety and panic and I have to leave. I cannot handle hospitals and I do not like going into airports or airplanes where there is a lot of anxiety. Your child may feel this way in the school as well. School has anywhere from 100 to 3,000 students in it. Imagine that amount of energy where they come from homes where they are suffering There's anxiety, pain, disconnect, or possibly illness, or something that's happening within them and has nothing to do with their family environment, learning disabilities, that they don't feel like they fit in. 100 to 3,000 energy points that your empathic child is connecting with. You see, there are six senses and through these six senses we develop a language that we listen to and when we listen to this language we can align ourselves in our environment therefore we see as we visually see we know where to walk how to walk not to bump into walls or fall off a ledge we can also see our trees and our home. It can help us cook, do homework, make art, play an instrument, so that we can visually see what we are doing. It is a language. It allows us to see visually this language so that we can imprint this on our brain. And therefore, once that is connected, we know what to do because we visually have made an assessment. And then we have hearing. When we hear, We can hear that it's raining outside, that there's noises on the street, and we have to be careful. So those who are visually impaired, their hearing is acute. And therefore, those who are hearing impaired, their vision is 360. And that is a language as well. What do you hear? You may hear a crackle in a bush. Is there a saber-toothed tiger? 
You may hear falls in the distance. Oh, there's where we want to hike to. I can hear the falls. And then we have touch. Touch can tell us if something is too hot or too cold, if it's prickly or uncomfortable, if it's soft to the touch. And then we have, yes. And then we have smell. Does it smell good? Does it smell bad? Should I eat it? Shouldn't I eat it? Am I getting closer to a destination because I can smell the fields? I can smell the fish? Did it just rain? Because I can smell the worms, the earthiness. And then we have the fifth sense of taste. It does not need explanation. The sixth sense is our intuition, is our gut feeling, is our heart center. The physical sensations that we have in our body. And we are much more tuned into this when we are children. And in this world of hyper-parenting, micromanaging, oh God, we do not want our children. Dear source, please do not allow my child to have a difficult childhood like I had. I want to covet them, contain them so that they are safe and they don't grow up with the anxiety and the pain and the mama drama and all the issues that I had to deal with. I want them not to have to do that. I will tell you, and I could do this in another podcast, you can't do that for them. They're here for their own lessons. And the more that you learn the lessons of yourself, the better that they learn the lessons of them. But the intuitive and the empathic child has a sensitivity that is difficult sometimes to manage as an adult because we have lost that within ourselves. And most likely, if you have an empathic child, you were empathic as well. And somehow that was shut down, turned off, shunned, unacceptable, ignored. And therefore, does your child cry? Does he cry too easily? Does she cry too easily? Does she have a bad temper? Does she tell you that she doesn't want to go to Sally's house to sleep over? She calls you in the middle of the night, says, Mommy, please take me home. Please take me home. Does she have a temper tantrum in the middle of the grocery store? Do you take her or him to a location that was planned and expected and everyone was excited and all of a sudden he doesn't want to go. He won't even get out of the car. Do you find that he's in a mood at a certain time of day? I want you to witness what time of day is that? Is it before bath time? Is dad about to come home? Was there a pattern? Look for the pattern. The child has a built-in antenna, a radar, an understanding. So what do we do with this empathic child? First of all, we try we try to allow them to be empathic, to use their feelings, to speak through their words and their feelings and their thoughts and their fears and their anxiety and their phobias. And we allow them to learn 
to speak the language of the empathic. Do you feel bad right now, Ryan? Yes, I do, Mommy. Well, that's okay. Do you want to talk about a bad feeling? Don't say, do you want to talk about why? Because right away you're implying that there is a reason why he feels that way. And not only does he have to figure that out, but possibly he has to make it go away. No, just say, do you want to talk about your bad feeling? Not really. It just feels bad, doesn't it? Yes. Okay. Well, if you would like to talk about it, I'm here for you. Thank you, Mommy. Or he might be raging. She might be having a temper tantrum. And you might say, Rebecca, are you feeling rage right now? Are you angry? Are you frustrated? Yes, I am. Would you like to talk about that? No, I don't. Then let's go into your room and let's use a pillow and take out that adrenal gland energy out on your pillow. Not on your sister, not on your mommy, not on the dog, on the pillow. Let's throw basketball. Let's take wet noodles and whip them up against the wall. Let's get that adrenal energy out. It's a real physical thing. And when empaths are enraged with an abundance of emotions that they do not know what to do with, the adrenal glands kick in and it sends out a hormone. And that hormone is flight or fight. And that hormone can feel like you're dying. That hormone can feel like death has come to you and you have to run away from it. It's scary. It's frightening. It's overwhelming. But it's a chemical and all it needs to be is released. It needs to be used. But there's no saber-toothed tiger that they're running from. It is the emotion of someone else. It is the feeling that they might have picked up at school from some angry peers. Maybe there's something happening between you and hubby or you and wifey and you're doing a really good job at containing it and keeping it behind the bedroom doors in your own silent conversations. But your child is picking up on that anger, that frustration, that underlying tone that you're trying to protect your child from, but they know, they know, and they don't really need to know the details. But the acknowledgement that, you know what, Mommy's having a bad day. I'll be like, okay, Mommy, thanks. And if your empathic child comes up to you and say, are you okay, Mommy? Don't say you are when you're not. You don't have to give a detailed explanation. Just say, no, you know what? I'm not okay. But I will be okay. I'm safe. Just having one of those bad days, you know? You ever have those? Oh, yes, I do, Mommy. I have them. I had one today. And then let that adrenal gland out. It could be a punching bag, could be a pillow, could be wet noodles. <laughs> I had a client one time that she was really trying to get her child to clean up his mess in his room. And he had a, a bunch of socks and underwear. And he started throwing them instead of putting them in the drawer. 
and she could not get him to stop throwing this. And they had a big fight and a big tantrum, temper tantrum. He, and she locked him in his room and came back later and he was exhausted from crying and frustrating and that's what happens when the adrenal rush is over, you collapse. And that's what animals do out in nature. They collapse. Okay, so when a possum is being chased, it it freezes, or a jackal, okay? It freezes, or it runs. Can we use the example of a jackal? And then when it goes into a cave or behind a bush and it's hiding and it doesn't get caught, it doesn't get eaten, and that predator is gone, that jackal goes into, it looks like a convulsion. It shakes relentlessly, uncontrollably. And then it collapses and goes to sleep. That shaking is the adrenal energy. The rest of that adrenal glands, it's still inside of that body, has to be released. So they shake it off. They, they relentlessly, vigorously shake that off and then they collapse. And we humans are no different. So what did I tell this client? I said, next time that happens, open up the sock and underwear drawer. And if it's not in the same drawer, make it the same drawer. Open up that drawer and whip those socks in there. See how many you can get in. Whip those underwear in there. Well, I just folded the underwear. Who cares? Whip them in there. She tried that. They had a blast. So when you have your intuitive child who's emotional, frustrated, flustered, angry, Try some of these techniques. Many of them are extremely creative. They do really well for listening to music, especially, especially orchestrated music, Bach, Beethoven, as they fall asleep. Some of them like the sound of water as they fall asleep. And many of them are extremely creative and artists, and a lot of them are perfectionists and overthinkers. Let them be abstract. Take them to a museum and show them that 80% of the art in that museum is abstract. It's a blob on a canvas. It's twisted metal. It's photography of clothes piled on top of clothes to make a statement. It's abstract. We don't need to be perfect. So if you have an empathic child, let them be, let them feel, let them express themselves without having to manage it, figure it out, deal with it, analyze it, just let it be. Namaste.